Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast as a place to share the journey of my past self, a woman who struggled with leaving her teaching career, adjusting to stay-at-home mom life in order to help other women with their motherhood journeys and their work-life balance journeys so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are new to to One of a Kind, you welcome, 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 and thank you so much for tuning in. If you are a regular here with One of a Kind You, thank you so much for coming back and tuning in again for another episode. So I am going to do something a little different for the month of February. February is actually Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. And so for the month of February, I'm going to be sharing topics related to teen dating violence awareness and prevention from the perspective of teenagers and also what others can do to help them if they're experiencing uh, dating violence. So I am not going to share a journal entry with you today. I know you're probably thinking, oh, we want to hear one, but instead I have something else for you. So without further ado, let's dive right in. I am going to tell you a story. So here we go. I invite you to come on a journey with me back to 1998, a time before Instagram and Snapchat, if you can imagine that. You're going to meet a girl that was a sophomore in high school. If you saw her in her classes or in the hallway, you would think she was outgoing and confident with a lot of friends. She played tennis and swam on the swim team. She was an AB student and was in honors classes. She was also ambitious. She knew she wanted to go to the University of Delaware to be a teacher, but on the inside, she was completely different. She was very insecure with almost no self-esteem. She thought her family didn't love her, that no one would want to date her, and that she needed a boyfriend to be worthwhile. One day, this boy, who was also in 10th grade, she met him, and she immediately thought that he was charming and caring because he started going out of his way to make her feel special. He used his lunch money to send a rose from the high school flower shop to her math class every day for an entire month. He walked her to all of her classes and to her bus every day. He wrote her notes and would slip them in her locker. He called her every night before she was going to bed to say goodnight and to tell her he couldn't wait to see her the next day. She finally felt like she mattered and she was so excited. Once they were a couple, he did something so surprising. He switched his health class to be in hers. One day before class, they were talking, and out of nowhere, he challenged her to go a whole month without wearing makeup. He told her she didn't need to wear it because she was so pretty, and that made her feel so good. She was also really competitive and loved a good challenge, so she eagerly accepted. The true motive behind this challenge wasn't about complimenting her or making her feel important. It was really about finding a way to make her less noticeable and less attractive in an attempt to keep other boys from looking at her. It was one of the many strategies that her boyfriend would use to gain power and control in their relationship. The makeup challenge was just the beginning of a vicious cycle of verbal, emotional, and mental abuse that would allow this boy to start controlling more of her life. He started telling her what she could wear, the people she could talk to, what she could do, where she could go, and he would check her pager. Yes, I said pager for those of you that don't know how that was for people to send text messages before we had cell phones. He didn't like that she was on the swim team because there were boys on the team and everyone would see her in a bathing suit. He also didn't like that she had practice every day after school because she wasn't available to talk with him on the phone, and he didn't know who she was talking to or what she was doing. He wanted her to quit, so she did. He would accuse her of cheating on him and would break up with her. Then he would tell her friends and his that she cheated and that's why he ended it. This was humiliating for her because everyone that he told would give her nasty looks and would talk about her continuing the lies that he was telling, which she didn't know that he was actually the one cheating on her. 
but by the end of the day, he would apologize for accusing her of cheating and ask her to take him back. She did every single time. She was exhausted trying to manage the mind games. She was disappointed because this wasn't what she expected for her relationship. After six months, she wanted to end it with him. She was afraid to leave, though. She was afraid of being alone because she was convinced that no one would ever want her since he constantly told her so. She was afraid for her safety, too, because she knew he was going to go ballistic and completely crazy if she ended it. She felt trapped because she wasn't going to be able to avoid him at school. At the beginning of her junior year, her parents said she couldn't see him anymore. And what did that do? It pushed her closer to him. She continued to see him. She was determined to prove he was none of the things her parents said he was and wanted them to see they were wrong. Deep down, though, she knew they were right. She was so embarrassed to admit the things she was going through. She felt like a fool. She was terrified of what this boy would do if he found out she told someone about the things he was doing. She felt misunderstood and isolated. Shortly after high school graduation, the abuse turned physical. And I will never forget the first time that he hit me. It was with a closed fist and he punched me in the mouth. He busted my lip and almost knocked my front tooth out. He left me to sit home in my room that night to deal with icing my lip and trying to figure out how to save my tooth while he took my car and went out with his friends. He apologized later that night for hitting me and told me he didn't know what made him do it and he swore it would never happen again. I believed him. His behavior was becoming more and more unpredictable. I was always nervous and felt like I constantly walked on eggshells. I was terrified because I never knew what was going to set him off and what would happen. The vicious cycle continued for three more years until I was 21 years old. Are you wondering why I stayed for five years? It really is a long time. The verbal, emotional, mental, and physical abuse continued to escalate. He gave me multiple black eyes, strangled me, pulled me down the stairs by my hair, and would throw things at me. I was living in fear each day, wondering if he would kill me, kill himself, or kill us both. The fear was so paralyzing that I even stayed while he was in jail for a year. I got a break from the physical abuse, but the verbal, mental, and abu emotional abuse continued while he was incarcerated. My parents disowned me, and the rest of my family and friends followed along. I felt abandoned and lonely. Even though I felt this way, I was still desperately wanted to leave, but had been brainwashed to believe that things would be different when he got out. But they weren't. He returned to his abusive ways. This time it was worse than ever before. Not only was his drug addiction quickly spiraling out of control, he got another girl pregnant. That is when I said, I am done. I am worth more than what he made me believe. I deserved more than what he could offer me. Can you guess how he handled the breakup? Here is what he did. He knew I was home by myself, so he showed up to my house and barged in through the front door. He punched me in the stomach, spit in my face, and took my engagement ring, which he later traded for drugs. And I forgot to mention that I said yes to his jailhouse proposal. Smack my head. I swore I would never allow anyone to treat me that way again. I wanted so desperately to know that someone would want me and ended up in several more unhealthy relationships. I still didn't feel loved or respected, and the vicious cycle showed up on some level in each of those relationships. Seeing that cycle come back into my life was a wake-up call, a huge wake-up call. I realized I needed to make some changes and start my life over. I needed to learn who I was and figure out what I wanted for my life and for me. I was a blank, sl a blank slate because I had never had a chance to figure any of this out. One of the first things I did was enroll in a local community college so I could start working to earn my college degree and fulfill my dream of becoming a teacher. I eventually moved to New Hampshire and started finish and finished earning my degree at a state college there. 
While I was in college in New Hampshire, I started sharing my story and experiences with domestic violence through student groups such as Mentors and Violence Prevention because I wanted to help others understand what they could do to get out of a situation or how they could help a friend. I also started working to repair my relationship with my family. I miss them so much, especially my little brothers. I also had a few friends that I wanted to get back in touch with and started reconnecting with them. I went to counseling too because the wounds that I had ran deep and I needed to heal them so they didn't continue to impact my life each day and in future relationships. I needed help making sense of it all. I learned a lot about myself and discovered that I was so much stronger and more capable than I realized. I learned that I needed to stop looking to others for my self-love, self-worth, and acceptance. I was deserving and worthy of having a relationship that was filled with respect and I created boundaries for myself. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. When I started my journey to explore who I was, it was scary and overwhelming and at times felt impossible. It had its ups and downs, but it was worth it on so many levels because it helps me to get to where I am now. I am no longer a victim of domestic violence. My life is filled with purpose and joy. Ah, you guys, I have an incredible husband that accepts me for me. He respects me on all levels and encourages me to pursue my dreams and goals. I have two beautiful daughters that inspire me each and every day to be the best version of myself. And I share this story with you today to let you know that if you know a girl who was like me back in 1998, she gets to determine her worth. No one else does. She deserves to be in a healthy relationship that is filled with respect, trust, and safety. And she is not to blame what she was going through. She is not alone, and there are so many people that love her and that are there for her right now. If you can't relate to what I went through, or you don't know anyone who is going through what I went through, you can still take action to help others. You can recommend resources. You can talk to them privately so that they know that you care and you are concerned. Just listen to be there. Just listen and be there for them when they need to talk. You know, find a safety resource center for them. There are so many domestic violence uh, resources and shelters available, and you can help them make a safety plan. One of the resources is loveisrespect.org. They're geared really for teenagers. They can call and text or a private message with someone on the website and speak to a peer advocate for free, and it's confidential. So they will never ask for their the teen's personal information. Um, but I share this story for you to, to give inspiration to women who are victims of domestic violence, who are survivors of domestic violence. But really, the Teen, domestic, teen Dating Violence Awareness Month is so important to me because I saw the relationship as being unhealthy and I was miserable in it, but I didn't know how to change it. I didn't know how to get out and I stayed for far too long. And I'm lucky enough that I got out with having my life spared. I didn't lose my life. And there are so many situations where young girls and young women aren't as fortunate as I am and their lives are taken by a partner in a domestic violence situation. So I just want to shed light that teens go through this. This is not just stuff that we see in movies. This is real life. I'm often told, oh, you don't look like someone who would be in an abusive relationship. You don't look like a domestic violence survivor. That's the thing. 
there is no identity. So there are so many stereotypes of what a domestic violence survivor or victim looks like. And we need to throw those stereotypes out the window because it can happen to anyone, anywhere, anytime. In any socioeconomic status, any ethnic background, any age group, it can happen. Um, and so just really understanding that, that it's real for teens. It is so real for them. And unfortunately, they're so confused and alone and isolated that they don't even know what to do or how to navigate it or sometimes that it's even happening. So for the rest of this month, I'm going to be sharing resources and I'm going to be giving out information that will hopefully empower teens and empower parents to start making a difference when it comes to the epidemic of teen dating violence. So if you have a teen daughter or a teen son that is going through something like I went through, just be there for them in any way that you can. Talk to them, communicate with them, let them know um, that you love them and you care. And I will share more of the journey with my parents. You know, in this in this synopsis, this summary, this story of my uh, situation with domestic violence, my parents did disown me on some level. And I will share more of that in terms of how they responded and how it wasn't necessarily an great response but they at least saw the warning signs so while it didn't play out the best with my parents at least they were able to see the signs so I will share more of that story too on an upcoming episode if you found this episode helpful or if you know a parent who could benefit from hearing this episode please share it with them please take time to leave a review and if you want to follow me my social media handles are in the show notes thank you so much again for tuning into one of a kind you You are an awesome audience and I just thank you so much for your support and I will see you next week.